You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. On Monday, we dove into a river in Crystal River and swam with manatee just out in the wild, which was awesome. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got uncomfortable, but geez, like that's that's first world uncomfortable, right? <laughs> the second part of the exercise was now look at your calendar and tell us if that mimics what you claim are your top priorities. And ours was way, way out of whack. They didn't choose to sign up for this. And and so we have to realize, hey, these are children. Let's assume positive intent and, and understand what that looks like just for the reminder of ourselves of what patience and unconditional love looks like because they deserve a lot more grace than we give them at times. Hey, this is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie? Oh, good. I spent the morning uh, Googling Sprinter vans. Sprinter vans? <laughs> I'm doing some research for today's topic. That's great. I, yeah, none have walk-in closets. <laughs> and of course, speaking of uh, the lady who doesn't have a walk-in closet, sorry, babe, it's my <laughs> wife, Mrs. Chelsea Griffin. How are you doing, Chelsea? I'm doing good. I'm just as good as I've ever been without a walk-in closet. So why start now? <laughs> why start now? Most of my clothes are on the floor anyway. It just makes them easier to find. Uh, mm-hmm. What's great today, guys, we have some special guests live from the RV, the Jones family, Landon Cammy Jones. Yeah. Woo! How you doing today, guys? We're, we're good. Do- yeah, we're doing well. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Oh, we're so excited you're here. Now, uh, I want to get into your adventure here in a second, but first, let me give you a little, I don't know where Cassie's at on this. Cassie, what's your what's your level of camping expertise? Uh, do you feel like, hey, you're an expert camper, just give me a couple sticks to rub together, or is it more like, hey, I'll, I'll be in the hotel? No, I mean, well, I can camp. I can do the whole, like, camping potty situation and, like... But they're not doing that. They're in an RV. That's very different than camping in a tent. Well, I just want to see where you're at. Oh, yeah. I just want to see where you're at. I can camp. We used to go to the Wichita Mountains, which are in Oklahoma. Most people don't know there are mountains in Oklahoma. All the time as kids, and we would camp. There's and a hidden mountain in Oklahoma. I don't... It's fine. I could probably do it for about a week, and then I and then I need to be back to a shower. That's probably enough. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, how about you? How's your camping expertise level? Well, considering I bought brought a portable sauna on our last camping trip, I would say pretty good. Pretty You're good. You're so resourceful. Thank you. You're ready. I didn't smell like campfire smoke, and yet I was so warm, you know? So think about that. I can camp also. I just don't really understand the concept, considering that we have this house. Well, I, you know what? I'm inside our house right now, and I don't know if you guys can hear this in the background, but literally, there he is again. A bird has tried to fly into my face through the window in front of me about six times. I feel like this this bird is hearing me talking about the wilderness and wanting to join the show, but I'm going <laughs> to we're gonna try to keep going. Hopefully, this bird is okay. Hey, tell us a little bit, Landon and Cammie, the reason I wanted to get kind of a camping read, you guys are on quite the adventure right now. Could you guys tell us a little bit about your family and the adventure? you guys are on? Yeah, sure. So Cammie and I, uh, we have been together a total of 15 years, married for nine of those years. We've got four little boys. Our oldest is seven. That's Julius. We've got a six-year-old Winston, a four-year-old Otis, and a two-year-old Arlo. And we have been on the road now for seven months. Uh, We were based out of Colorado, both Colorado natives. And uh, this is the first time that We've done anything like this. So seven months in, and we feel like we've hardly scratched the surface. Wow. wow. So they were born outdoorsy. 
all Coloradoans were like born to camp. That's amazing. I don't know. My mom, my mom would always give me a hard time that my brother knew how to change tires and would remove the engine from the car at like the age of 16. And she would always question me on my manhood. So I don't know (laughs) if I was born into that. Uh, but but Cammy is bound and determined to get me there one way or another. We're good. We're well, hanging. Well, tell us how did all this how did this adventure get started? What made you want to take your family on the road? Prior to this, I worked uh, in corporate America, so I worked for a medical device company for 17 years, and the last 10 of those years was myself in a leadership position, which required traveling uh, every single week. And we had this desire uh, to have a large family. So here I am encouraging more children, more children. And she's over here going, <laughs> wait a second, I'm, I'm kind of dying. Uh, and COVID hit. And all of a sudden, for the first time, there was no more travels. And our family got to be together. And we got to really focus on, on what we claimed mattered most to us. Uh, we happened to attend a Christian family retreat in the mountains of Colorado, where we were completely disconnected, no cell phone, no Wi-Fi, anything just good community, good fellowship, diving into the word and trying to be more intentional and better understand what what does what does the family dynamic, what does that look like and how do you live that out according to the Bible? And we went through an exercise where we had to prioritize the things that we claimed mattered most in our lives. So, you know, for example, if you put faith, you know, number 1, you put your marriage number 2, you put intentional parenting number 3, you go through this list. And that list, we we had like 10 items and we're like, "Oh my goodness, how do we get our top 5?" And then from there, the second part of the exercise was now look at your calendar and tell us if that mimics what you claim are your top priorities. Mm. And ours was way, way out of whack. So we knew that there was some change that was needed. And and we left that camp and said, hey, the one thing that's preventing us from going all in on our family would probably be the things of this world that we are trying to keep up with. So the more success Mm. that we experience, worldly success, you know, the more things we acquired and accumulated and little did we understand in that moment, but we were becoming more and more enslaved to those things. They owned us instead of us owning them. Wow. And we decided, let's start to cut some of these ties and, and ex- try to experience freedom and, uh, and be able to refocus on what matters most every single day. So that required putting a for sale sign in our, in our front yard of what we considered our dream home. And uh, it sold within a few weeks. And then it was kind of, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. Are we really to take really ready to take this leap of faith? And we ordered a motorhome, and uh, it showed up about eleven months later. Uh, so we moved oh. into my parents' home. Oh, there are two retired school teachers uh, living in a, a eighteen hundred square foot home, three bedroom, two bath. We and thought there is, it was going to be a couple months because yeah. of the yeah. RV. And take well, and then yeah. they told us it a couple months, a but year. supply chain issues, whatnot, on the backside of COVID. Just one thing led to another, and here we are, almost a full year living in my parents' home, but it, it, you know, all of life is you go through these seasons of preparation. And that was certainly one that was preparing us for living in 400 square feet. So we, uh, we did that for a year, received word that the motorhome was ready and we packed everything up, drove from Colorado down to Dallas, picked it up, came back to Colorado, filled the thing with all of just the, the necessities, the bare essentials of what we would need. And we hit the road and we've never looked back since. Wow. That takes some courage and uh, some imagination. Big time. That's amazing. Do you guys have any regrets about this decision? Or like, I guess, like on on your hardest nights, Cammie, I imagine there might be nights for you if you're like me. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what have we done? And then what do you miss? Even if there weren't regrets, what would you miss about your old life? I would say one, you know, we've just some things, you you know, you, 
you can never fully appreciate something until you have experienced it yourself, which has been an amazing takeaway. And that's what we're trying to just embed in our children is the gift of empathy and and to shape our perspective by meeting people in, in their place, walking a mile in their shoes and trying to bring them along, leaving them better than we found them. And so that same philosophy applied to this whole adventure was you don't fully appreciate things until you are living it out. And yes, all of this intentional family time sounded amazing, but what you kind of seem to neglect is the fact that you don't have alone time. You don't, you're not outsourcing anything. It is all on you. You know, all of your support system, all of your resources you would normally tap into, they're now stripped, um, which is which is exciting and empowering but also daunting at times. Yeah. And so what does that look like to have some alone time to really allow God to speak to you, for you to get your cup filled, to be able to go and fill others' cups? And those are some of the challenges that we've faced um, that we probably just neglected to give the right credit to having never done this before. Yeah. Wow. I would say like we just had one of those nights not too long ago where we were like, oh, wow, like, should we be going back home? Like, is this really the right decision and choice because of all those things. And we don't want to mess our children up and we don't want to have low patience and low talk. And they're so little, they require everything from us right now. It's not like, oh, we trust you to go, you know, ride your bike around and, you know, be good on your own. It's, we have to be doing it 24 seven. So we'd be lying if we said we weren't like have moments where we're like, whoa, but then our, again, with our marriage too, same thing, but so fortunate that we get like each other because our marriage has grown so much from this and mm-hmm. being able to like lay in bed and like cry together, talk together and have it like the other night. I'm like, if something happened to you, there's no other person that like would understand this life. And it makes me emotional and cry, like want to cry because I'm just so thankful for God giving me him. The past 15 years have been anything but easy. We've had every trial and tribulation, I think, thrown our way, but like just to be having each other and doing it together instead of doing it by myself because we're supposed to be living an American dream. It, I don't know. It's brought us so much closer to God. It's, it's been amazing. Praise God. That's, that's awesome. So as you guys do this thing on the road all the time, how are y'all using these experiences to develop and disciple your boys? I think first and foremost, it's, it's understanding and appreciating just how God intended a boy to be. And, and, and fully accepting that, embracing that, and then doing something about it, putting that into action. And I read a book when I was back in college. It's stuck with me ever since, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And, and just talking that there are things, intricacies about a boy, about a girl that are by design. And let's not try to water that down or strip the spirit of what was intended originally. And, and in the society that we live um, with all of these luxuries, it's easy for that to happen. You know, you go to a restaurant, right? And the first thing you want to do is shush your children and make sure, hey, let's conform to to what's acceptable, you know, become socially acceptable around us versus letting that wild spirit inside run free and encouraging that and pouring gas on that fire. And those were some of the things we said, if we're going to raise warriors, then how, what does that look like? So let's expose them to adventure where they are getting uncomfortable and, and this strength, this courage um, is building as a result. Uh, being high in empathy and compassion, um, understanding, like, how do we get them through this individualized approach to understand that each of them is called to something different? And they've been, giving a, a, been given a very unique set of tools and gifts. So how do they realize what those gifts are? And then how do we put those gifts to use for the kingdom? And that's kind of, what, in a nutshell, what's behind this entire um, adventure that we are seeking 
is adventure and, you know, serving other people along the way, sharing our blessings with others and trusting that if we can slow down and remove ourselves from a lot of the rat race, our calendar just dictating where we're supposed to be and when, and be present. Be present with our boys. Be present with one another. Be present with every stranger that comes our way and expectant that God is going to show up and he may speak through that person and rock our hearts or he may speak through us and, and totally penetrate theirs. And in any given moment, it could be a divine one. So waking up every day expectant of that hmm. has, has really been encouraging. We've seen our boys flourish and just grow tremendously. The other piece of it, you know, and we talked about this a lot is there's lots of historical data that would show what one parent being around the children a lot looks like um, and the outcome of that. There's not a lot of data that would show what two parents, both actively involved and engaged, what the, the result is of that. And there's hardly any that shows what children growing up together and the relationships and the dynamic of the family, what does that look like? And you hear all the time, you know, these empty nesters like, I just wish our children were closer together. We had such a close family. Mm. And we look at it and we say, it's wild that your kid goes to school for eight hours out of the day. And then you're rushing them to their different sports, sports practices or extracurricular activities and hobbies and interests, but they're all isolated and segmented in their age groups. And then you wonder when they leave the house, why is our family not closer? And that's been amazing, watching our children just form these relationships, these bonds that we're convinced they otherwise wouldn't have. It doesn't mean there's not a lot of sacrifices that come with it, and it certainly is far from easy, but we've gotten to see a lot of just the, the rewards of all of this already being played out that gives us hope to continue down this path. But we have lots of check-ins of just, are we doing this thing right? Or are we royally screwing our whole family up? <laughs> Let's make sure we're doing this for the right reasons. God's behind it. It's not us trying to dictate every action and try to control the outcomes, but giving it up to him and letting him hopefully put us to work. Yeah, we see on y'all's Instagram that you guys post a lot of uh, videos of your family doing Bible studies together. Is that something that started once you guys got on the road or did anything change about how you guys did family discipleship once you moved into the RV? Tell us what that's looked like. Yeah, I mean, prayer has always been real big in our family. Um, diving into the word has always been big, but it's never been this formalized, if you will. Mm. You know, once you get into the social media world, there are expectations. So we're constantly checking ourselves there. Are we doing this to appease others and appease the world, or are we doing this for the right reasons? But we also realized that there was a platform that had been afforded to us. So how could we do right by that? How could we use this platform to hopefully grow the kingdom um, and spread the good news? And, and, and so it has been more since getting on the road. Like, I feel like we've been way more. Yeah. You know, they say the best way to learn something is to teach it. And, and people <laughs> ask right. me what my biblical knowledge is, and it's it's nothing. So I am learning as we go. That's awesome. But if I'm going to teach it and I'm going to go on air saying things, I better be credible. I better be factual. Um, so the hours that go into each of these Bible studies and understanding the context behind each of the books and each of the chapters, that has been, it's been I want to say all-consuming, but in such a such a life-giving way. And I know <laughs> you can appreciate what I'm saying. So that part's been amazing. We've grown so close, yeah. breaking it down. Before each of our Bible studies that we film as a family, it's individual studies with the children. So Cammie and I will dive in. We'll study it at our level. Then we'll break down individually with the children. And they've each got a Bible that's age-appropriate to themselves. Make sure they can understand it in their terms so that when we sit down as a family, we're connecting those dots and some of these bigger words and, and some of the more intense stories, they resonate, they make sense um, at all levels because there's been the time poured in at an individual level prior to the family gathering. 
Okay, so speaking of discipleship, what are you guys doing for education? We have a lot of listeners who homeschool their kids, maybe not from RVs, but is that <laughs> what y'all are doing? Are you doing homeschool? And, and what does education look like out on the road? Yeah, it, um, <laughs> so we, we partnered with an amazing school. It's where our children had attended prior to getting on the road. It's a classical Christian school in Colorado, and they armed us with a lot of the tools that we would need to, to try to be as successful as possible at, at, at becoming their educators. So we use Logic of English for uh, reading, writing, compens- uh, all composition. We do Singapore math. And then a lot of our science is going to a Hobby Lobby. It's getting out in nature. It's creating things that are fun. You know, if we're going to be over by Cape Canaveral, then we're going to build some toy, you know, model rockets together and understand that at their level before we go witness, uh, you know, SpaceX rocket being launched up into this, into the air. You know, it's so it's those things. It's just trying to encourage curiosity. Any question they have, it's like, okay, wow, let's dig deeper on that one. Let's continue to to encourage the curiosity um, and this desire for adventure every single day. History has been amazing because anywhere we're going, we we are learning the history of that place, and and then we do little pop quizzes with the children to make sure they can appreciate what we've learned prior to getting there. And then when we're there, it's all becomes tangible. And, and it's, okay, wow, I, I now understand this is the state flower. Look at all the flowers we're seeing and just piecing that together. Um, but again, to the social media point, we went to the East Coast, you know, it, it's so rich in history. And we're like, geez, if we're going to Williamsburg, Virginia, all of a sudden I'm becoming this historian because I've, I'm going to have to, again, go on air saying what we just witnessed and saw and, and learned as a family. We're so learning the, a lot. Well, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a master's in 20 different subjects in the past seven months. But again, it just, it shows it's just all of this potential that God has blessed each one of us with. It's just leaning into it, having the desire uh, to dig deeper. And, and that part has been so amazing that this is all around us all the time. It's just us yeah. finding the time. And this lifestyle has, a, has afforded that time to go deeper in some of these areas that before I, I don't know how we would have ever had the time to do. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. 
When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at beautifulscribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. I can't believe we haven't asked this yet, but where are you guys at now? Where are you at right now? We're outside of Clearwater Beach, Florida. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. I wish I would. I was hoping to get in that sentence was like, we're outside your home right now. In <laughs> we are like, <laughs> we're in Richardson, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love what you said about going to like Cape Canaveral. We're going to build rockets. I'm going to study Williamsburg because we're going there. That picture of education, that picture of that time with your kids. I love it. Would you just share like what for you guys has been one of the highlight spots? Maybe you didn't even expect it to be that great, but maybe it was so beautiful or the information you learned was so great. What's been in the last seven months, one of the places that really sticks out. I'd love to hear one from Lana and one from Cammie if you got it. I mean, we've had some just crazy bucket list adventures. So whether it's on the learning scale or just adventure as a whole, I mean, I would say when we went to Cape Cod and there was 75 whales all around us having a feeding frenzy. Wow. The the, the lessons we did on marine and, and, you know, sea life after that for the next month was, was absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, go to the beaches in Cape Cod and there's great white shark warning signs everywhere. So like it, it's real for the kids and they are just eating every word out of our mouths as we're learning more about just the sea life. Uh, so that was one that jumps out to me. That's good. And then so to piggyback off of what he was saying about like homeschooling, really honing in on what like each individual kid like like. So you might think, oh, we're living this regular American life. They're going to want to play baseball. They're going to want to do this. But like our oldest, Julius, loves to fish, loves to fish. Like you would catch him out for 12 hours just fishing, fishing, fishing. So one that stands out to me for that reason is Connecticut because he got to fish and it just like it is implanted in his mind. And like he just he talks about it constantly. And then the Keys, the Florida Keys were amazing because of the wildlife or the marine life out there. Just it's just been so cool. Hands on like everything. I love that. That is so wonderful. I I, I... I am jealous. I follow you guys on Instagram. I see some of the places you go. And I think, man, that looks like just the best family experience I could imagine. It looks incredible. I love getting to follow you guys. Get the little window into discipleship and Bible study for you. Get the window into where you guys are at today and what you guys are doing. What about in regards to discipling your boys? What have been some of the highlights you've seen spiritually on this trip for you guys over the last seven months? Does anything stand out for you that you've seen the Lord do for your family? Yeah, you know, we, we don't do a good job. Of, of capturing on, on film some of our acts of service. And for us, that's been by design. We, want, we, we just prefer the way we're wired is that it's, it's quiet. It's not for the attention of anybody else, right? It's, we don't do it for that. But witnessing some of these stories, you know, and our children having a front row seat to the stories of struggle and adversity, and then witnessing us coming up with a plan of how we can pull together our resources, our gifts, and provide a solution for this individual or for this group of people and having the children be involved in that and and seeing the bigger picture of what life is really all about. And it's not to hoard any of these things, but as soon as you give it or or receive it, there's a responsibility that comes with it. And it's almost like hot potato. We've been given it, how do we give it? 
And for them to live that out every single day, regardless of the demographic that we're serving, that has been so fruitful. And, and now they are constantly coming up with ideas. I can't tell you how many times we've pulled over to feed the homeless or whatever, because one of our boys shouts it out from the back of the motorhome as we're driving. And we're like, that might be God speaking. We're not going to miss this opportunity. And we're going on two wheels to pull the motorhome over mm. and encourage them to always be thinking and seeing life through those lens. So that's probably been one of the most rewarding pieces along the discipleship path. That's great. So I'd love to hear a little bit more too, Kim. You mentioned this earlier, but where you guys post and what you guys film can look very utopian, can look like, oh, here we are studying the Bible together. Here we are getting to go see the whales. You know, here, here's one of my sons riding a whale, you know, through shark infested water. You know, it just seems very like just unicorn-like family. And Cammie, you've been so good already at sharing just vulnerably. It's not always easy. I think families might hear a story or see a story and maybe our tendency as parents is to feel judged or guilt, like why I don't have that story or I feel like I can't do that. I know Cassie's going to get in a little bit of like, just the the feasibility for for a family who's not doing the same thing but wants the same result right now. But I wonder if you could just ground us for a second in the reality. Again, maybe landed, maybe Cammy. But what has been hard, and where have you seen the Lord really work in those hard moments for your family? I think. Well, I think that like we don't intentionally not like post those moments online. We don't want it to look all the way perfect. And when we talk to people like in person, like we're very real and raw and honest. And I guess those those things for us, we kind of just started posting them as like our home videos. And then when we started getting a following, I just, I felt guilty about, I don't want to show like a moment of a kid having a temper tantrum or, you know, something like that they're going to look back on this and be like, why did you post that about me? Like, so I'm not intending for it to look perfect, but I'm also trying to protect them also because whatever's online is on there Mm -hmm. forever. And so I don't want people posting me at my rawest moments. And, you know, I come from some things that my temper and things that I've had to get through with parenting. And so I just, I try to, we try to be conscious of that. And, but just knowing that it isn't all roses and sunshine and it's, there's definitely trying moments and four little boys keep us on our toes and we'd be lying if we said we didn't get frustrated and just. I mean, it was just last night and the, the, the kind of environment that we're trying to foster is one of accountability one of vulnerability, one of ownership, and and one of courage, right? So we want our children, if they see mom and dad stepping out, don't be afraid to say something, right? And and we always do it from a place of respect and love. But just last night, we're sitting there and we're having this heated debate back and forth. And our six-year-old said, hey, he pulled Cammie aside and he said, are you guys fighting right now? I don't want you guys to fight. Mm. And her, you know, first reaction was, we're not fighting. And I'm like, well, no, hold up. Through the through the eyes of a six-year-old, this that's probably what it does look like. And I said, I love that you weren't afraid to come and pull us aside and let us know that you've noticed something. And and you've brought enough awareness now to all of us to realize, you know, what what's the perception? Perception is reality, especially through the eyes of a six-year-old. So let's talk about this. And we want to encourage those kinds of open dialogues. And, and that's what a family really looks like. We can talk about anything. Nothing's off limits. But there will always be accountability. And if we are going to expect things of them, then that should be reciprocated. And so showing them that that is safe and it's encouraged, because to Cammie's point, it's far from easy. And I would say that's been the biggest challenge. You know, I would work, I'd travel all the time, I'd come home, I'd be drained in one area, but completely refreshed in another. So I had all the patience in the world for the children. I'm saying, how do we open up, you know, our home and have a hundred more kids that we take in? 
And she's going, no, I'm drowning. And now I'm, I'm walking a mile in her shoes saying, oh my goodness, this is trying, especially at these ages. But we have to remember, the kids didn't sign up for this. We, we ask them constantly, do you like this? What do you miss? What do you wish we were doing more of? What do you wish we were doing less of? So they're always engaged in that conversation, but they didn't choose to sign up for this. And, and so we have to realize, hey, these are children. Let's assume positive intent and, and understand what that looks like just for the reminder of ourselves of what patience and unconditional love looks like because they deserve a lot more grace than we give them at times. And we see once they, you know, when we're starting to get frustrated, we're like, let's check ourselves and look at it. And, okay, we've been trying to get things ready to post for our Bible study stories, and they've kind of been neglected doing some schoolwork over here and some building of the magnetiles. And, okay, we need to kind of regroup. Let's go on a family walk. Let's get out. You know, like, we're just learning as we're going, but we're really trying to, like, stay in remembering of why we started this and being together as a family and doing it the right way. When they act out, it's usually because we are neglecting, because we are consumed with things that, again, we didn't give credit to as we got into this lifestyle. We just kind of thought we'd be off the radar, mm -hmm. and it would be nothing but freedom every single day. But there's so many families that are in this li same lifestyle that, you know, we became a full-time travel agent. So what does that look? Always planning out where you're going to be staying so that you've got some stability and security there, peace of mind. You know, you're doing the homeschooling, you're preparing Bible studies, you're responding to hundreds or thousands of comments online each day because you take this ministry that you've been given seriously. People's um, stories blow you, I mean, I'm sure you, people's uh, stories blow you away and you just want to give them the time that they've, so you feel guilty in that. And mm. So we keep coming back to the reminder of why did we do this initially? And we were giving ourselves to everybody else, but we had to say, wait, stop and say, wait, God entrusted us with this first. Are we doing right by this before we can start venturing outside? And right now we're going through the book of Acts, and it reminds me like Jesus saying, hey, start in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria. And that's kind of what message was sent to us. Start with your marriage. Start with your children. Then you can start venturing out and serving others. And, and we, as much as we had intended on doing that and nailing it, we now, again, find ourselves spread in lots of different directions so what does staying true to that look like? And, and that's been a challenge. We're curious what church looks like for you guys. Like, I mean, you know, Adam's a pastor. I work at a church. The local church is something very important to us. And, you know, something we encourage families to think about really prioritizing their life. So how do you guys do that on the road? What does that look like? Changes every single week. And like yourselves, I mean, we were ingrained in our church back home and in life groups. And those were the highlights of our weeks. So it's been different because you don't have that sense of community in one essence, but in another, I mean, I'm looking out our motorhome window right now, and there are three signs for different Bible studies and prayer groups and church services just within this RV resort that we're staying at right now. So everywhere we go, there seems to be an amazing community to tap wow. into, whether it's within the RV resort, whether it is meeting a couple other families and going down to a beach or hiking up to the mountain and reading cool. the word and singing some songs of worship. It's been very organic. It's been very fluid. It changes from week to week, which has been exciting, but it also, it, it's in one sense, it's hard because there isn't this continuity and this yeah. flow and a rhyme and reason behind what we're doing. It's just where we're at and, and where God, you know, how he's speaking to us, who he's speaking through to us that. in that moment. So very organic in that sense. I imagine that this idea of a busy calendar and a busy life given to all these things really resonates with our families that are that are listening, especially our American families who are listening. What encouragement would you give to them 
for like practical next steps that they can do. It might not be sell everything and get an RV. That might not be everyone's path, right? But what's some encouragement you could give to a family that's listening that's like, okay, I can't do that, but what what can they do? I think you have to start by just looking in the mirror and saying, hey, what is what is robbing us of life and what gives us life? Mm-hmm. And let's not be afraid to be bold enough to start saying no to the things that are life-taking because I'm a people pleaser, so I am, and I'm also an extrovert, so I'll say yes to everything. But the sacrifice is at the family side. So having the courage to say no, and then going through and really reprioritizing and, and asking ourselves, what are we doing this for? Um, and is there biblical, you, you know, can we tie it back biblically so that we've got that peace of mind? It's, it's not just living for today. It's are we preparing and, and being intentional with the preparation of our children and of our family for the future years, as opposed to just going where our calendar tells us. I mean, we would daydream out loud all the time of if we didn't have to worry about what, you know, if there, there wasn't a job and there wasn't sports practice, like what would a day look like? And sometimes that's the best place to start those conversations is, is daydreaming and then asking yourselves, what do we claim matters most? How do we start connecting those lines of what matters most to us, what we want in our life, what what leaves a legacy behind? I, I, I read a wonderful book, and it was when the game is by John Ortberg. When the game is over, it all goes back in the box, and it just challenges you. Of there's really only probably three things in this world that are eternal, and so you know, do we have an eternal perspective? Do we have a relationship with our Maker? Do we have a relationship with the community, right? People. And and so as you start to go through the relationship piece, your faith piece, and that eternal life, it's easy to to say, if that's truly what matters, let's now look at my calendar and let's start crossing off the things that don't fill those buckets because those things truly aren't life-giving, not life of this world, but life of eternity. Yes. Can I ask, how, how long do you guys expect to be doing this? We signed up saying it was going to be one year. We just kind of see where the Lord yeah. moved us. I think if we've experienced or just learned anything in this life, it's that life changes. Well, and I was just going to say, piggybacking off of what you said, like also being open to it's not our plan. God's going to change. Like it, he's changed it. So you know what I like? Every time we think we have a plan, it's gone a completely different way. So, you know. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, that's Sorry. the one thing we've learned in life. Like, And, and at the turn of the new year, you, you it's easy to look back and say, wow, I can't believe all these things happened. Mm-hmm. They weren't on our radar at all. But then let's also ask ourselves this time last year, what did we think we were going to accomplish? Where did we think we would be? Okay, the takeaway is let's let's give it up to God anyways. Like it's it's good discernment and it's responsible of us to have an idea of where we're leading our family. But we also have to be open enough to say, God, may your will be done, not ours. Yeah. And And so we sit right now saying six months out from now, we plan on still doing this but very, very open to God maybe taking us a different direction at any given moment and being at peace with that. And I guess that's kind of where we're at right now. If if our goal is to experience all of the lower 48, we feel it would take at least three years to do so. Whether we see that all, all the way out is still to be determined. We've got this, this itch to get out and see the rest of the world. We've got an itch to serve in a lot of underprivileged communities around the world. We still feel like a culmination of using our gifts for the kingdom and the responsibility given to us to raise these boys the right way is going to continue to require us getting more and more uncomfortable. And if there's one piece that, you know, we could just criticize ourselves a little bit more harshly on, it's that this has still been a very comfortable lifestyle. 
sure, getting in the water, you know, on Monday, we dove into a river in Crystal River and swam with manatee just out in the wild, which was awesome. But at the same time, it's like, okay, we got uncomfortable, but geez, like that's, that's first world uncomfortable, right? Like let's, <laughs> what does, what does really getting uncomfortable look like? What is really seeing how somebody else is living their life. We still have electric. We still have, you know. Yeah, we've got a great life. So let's take away some of these comforts. And and so there's that itch to still get out and experience some of that as well. While having this heavy conscience of, geez, these are the young years when our boys want to be around their grandparents and want to be around their cousins. We've taken them from that. So it's this juggling act of sacrifices and anything you make in life and trying to evaluate, are we doing the right thing? Because we we don't ever get this time back. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've loved getting to um, just hear some of y'all's story today. And uh, y'all are a a unique family. And uh, it's been really neat to just hear what you guys are up to. Before we let y'all go, can you guys tell our listeners um, some of the ways that we could be praying for you? First and foremost, um, you know, I just think praying for for our safety. Uh, You know, we, we are on the road a lot in different places a lot. So that would be one. Secondly would be our marriage. Because there is not a lot of alone time as a couple, um, alone time as individuals, to have our cups being refilled, to pour into one another. And, and then I would say patience. We, we could use an extra dose of patience. And then the reminder, uh, you know, just humility, that this none of this is about us. This is all about God. And, and may we never lose sight of that. And may he continue to give us the wisdom and humility to, to serve him in the kingdom and, and strip our egos of everything entirely. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, listeners, if you want to know more about the Jones family, you can find them on Instagram. Is there any place else you would send people if they want to find you guys? We're also on TikTok, and uh, we just started uploading some videos on Face on Facebook. We'll be making our okay. way into YouTube, but again, we, <laughs> we're trying to eat this elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> Well, listeners, find them, follow them. You'll be as blessed as I have been. It's a joy to get to follow you guys. And I'm glad, Landon, that you took the time to say yes to us and your extroverted people-pleasing self. Thanks for saying yes to the Family Discipleship Podcast. It's been a joy having you. Thank you for having us. It's been a true blessing. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends that you think will be blessed by it. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you, listeners. We're looking forward to all God has for us this spring, and we will see you next week.